0: This is episode 500 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, July 20th, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez. And to celebrate this milestone 500 episodes, I'm going to do something very special. I am going to dedicate this entire episode to talking about my top 500 games of all time. That's right. I'm going through 500 games starting with number 500 which is a little game i like to call the club which was on like 360 ps3 and pc and i played the hell out of it i love that game it was from sega It is an arcade shooter a third person shooter you run through these areas you want to get through it in as little time as possible you shoot the targets and it would give you more time you have to do that because if you run out of time you don't i'm just kidding i love i actually do love the club but i'm not going to go through 500 games because I'm not psychotic or an asshole, but I am going to go through my top 10 games because honestly I have nothing else to talk about. I don't really have anything new to talk about because I've it's just just continued to be busy and I figured why not just do this for the 500th episode. I I can come up with a top 10. Probably this would probably stick. I know my top five is concrete. I've, I've had this top five for a very long time. The the w- other ones, I feel confident in all of them except one, which is very significant to me, but I could take it or leave it. I could replace it. Uh, there are just a few that I need to go back to before I feel confident putting them on the list. Anywho, you know what I also hate about Google Keep, their Notes app? How the hell do I... It always wants to just bring up the the keyboard and I don't know how to get it to get the stupid keyboard out of my face because then it takes up half the screen and it's a real dickbag about it. Okay, so should I start with number 10? I guess that's the way you do it. You go to number 10 and then you get to one so that people don't just leave after the beginning. My number 10 fucking keyboard, that's that's the game. It's a fucking keyboard. It's a great game. But my number 10 is probably the most surprising on the list because it is one that it creeped its way on there because it's been on my mind for a while now. I really want to revisit it and it's just a game that after playing it however many years ago, it continues to resonate in me and elicit emotions out of me and has what I think is the best soundtrack in any video game ever. And that is To the Moon, which is this incredibly beautiful, sweet, small little love story where you're playing these two doctors and you work at this corporation that creates artificial memories for people who are on their deathbed um, because you can't do this for people who are young and healthy and all that because it's not it's it's still a questionable practice and this person you are working with this time johnny wants to go to the moon and you're trying to figure out why and all these things and you're going back into his past and you're learning about him and his love with river and things that happened in the past some traumatic events that then Caused his family to do these things that affected his memories. And it's just, it's a very, very touching, sweet story. And I remember when I played it, I was really taken aback. I wasn't expecting the story to be that well written and just that beautiful. And what really cemented the game for me and made it so impactful and so moving was the music. The music is a lot of beautiful piano work you know sometimes there's orchestral work in there as well mixed in but i adore the music so unbelievably much and especially the songs for river the johnny version and to uh the moon the the theme but the piano version that uh, you hear at the end of the game and i love these songs so much that i would i would love if i ever end up getting married for my significant other to walk down the aisle to four river and when i die for to the moon the piano version to be playing um i i uh, that's how much i love those songs and how beautiful they are and how i think they're they're music that uh, transcends video games it's not like oh it's it's not 8-bit music it's just beautiful music it's not oh it's it's a beautiful chip tune music or beautiful this kind of music no it's just beautiful full stop music and if you haven't played it already it's on ios i believe and pc i don't i can't remember if it ever came to any console which if it hasn't that's a crying shame i would i think it's a game that deserves to be re-released on consoles if nothing else on switch it would be an amazing game on switch but it is a beautiful game it's not expensive at all i still need to play his newest game which i can't remember the name of and i'm kicking myself for not picking up during the steam sale but to the moon is a fantastic game but it's really fantastic for its story and it's music. The gamey bits aren't... There's not much game to it. It's a lot of walking around and just... There there are a few bits, especially near the end, that I didn't like gameplay-wise. But it's still one of my most favorite experiences in gaming. Number 9. Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3. That's right. Not 4. Definitely not 5. 5 is overrated and incredibly disappointing. But 3 is special to me more so than four because i i do prefer the characters overall i really find something special about the imagery and the way they some of their personas by taking their i forget what the name of it was but the, the gun evoker it might it might have been evoker but shooting you know basically shooting themselves in the head to bring about this persona and while it's Not as personal or as close, tight, uh, smaller of a story, uh, like a murder mystery, what have you. The grander scale of the story and the world at state uh, stake, um, and all that. I I liked that a lot, and I just there's there's something. I think part of it is too that it was the First Persona game, I, I played some in the past, but it was you know the transition to what Persona has become, and this thing that just blew me away and sucked me in and made me play over a hundred hours of, and just I played it two more times since then at least. I don't I don't think I've done a fourth, but I've played it three times. Uh, not recently; it's been a while. But like when I first played it, I played it, and then I think I played it almost immediately after that and then I replayed it again the next year. But I love that game. I love that franchise. Persona 5 I, I still enjoyed overall, but it was a disappointment. Uh, but yeah, that is Persona 3, my number 9. Number 8, I don't have much to say about this. It's just The Sims, the original Sims. I play the hell out of this and I'm this is the one game on my list even though it's at 8 and not 10 or whatever. That is the most a I could Take it or leave it. I could throw it off the list. It's on here more so because of how much I played it and how significant it was to me back then when I've, I've always been a hopeless romantic at heart. I'm very pessimistic in many aspects, but I'm always optimistic in love. And for a long time, no girl had ever shown any kind of interest in me at all. And when this game came out, it allowed me to experience love even in in this stupid way in this dumb video game where I'm falling in love with a stupid character it still allowed me to finally you know get into a relationship and fall in love and all that and I knew that it wasn't real or anything but it still it still hit those beats within me uh, and it was it was very you know, it was just very special for me because of that. Because I love love, and it wasn't something that was seemed like a, even a possibility at the time in my actual life. So getting to experience it in any way, shape, or form, and, and something that's more interactive than watching a, a movie, a romantic comedy, or just a romantic movie in general, was a big thing for me. Um, number. Seven. Grand Theft Auto 3. Yes, sure. A lot of people love Vice City, and I think a lot of people would put Vice City uh, as their top Grand Theft Auto game. But. And I love Vice City. I love the style of it. I love the look of it. I love how colorful it is. I love the 80s, so I love the music. I loved so much about Vice City. And I loved san andreas despite expecting to not so much like it because i was never into that kind of th- those like themes or what have you I, w- I you know i'm not a huge rap person and i didn't I, w- I didn't gravitate towards stuff like you know boys in the hood or all those things and, of course, saying anything like that, people are all, look at the white racist, whatever. Say whatever you want. It's just, you know, those things don't, aren't, they weren't a part of my upbringing or anything. And that's just a part of life, you know. And uh, it's hard to go out and explore all those and whatnot. But I was so surprised by how engrossing that story was and how much i did care about all the characters and how interesting i found it all to be and how much i really came to love cj and i you know i have since seen movies like that and whatnot and have enjoyed them um but yeah when i was a kid i was just like i don't know if i'm going to relate to this as much not that i relate to uh being in the mafia or anything like that or Scarface type of things, but I mean I am half Sicilian. I have family that's in things. So uh but you know, I, I grew up with those types of movies as well. My grandfather on my Sicilian side was huge into that. Uh Godfather's one of my favorite movies. It's been for a very long time and my favorite scene in that movie is the scene where uh, Don Corleone is playing with his grandson and he's uh, in the like, in the fields and he does the thing with the orange in his mouth because it just reminds me of my grandfather um, but I, you know 4 is great too, 5 the weakest to me in terms of story and all that, I, I enjoyed getting another large world but I think 5 going to that 3 person split was a bad idea and made it so that I was playing as three characters, but I didn't particularly care about any of them. Uh, I think 4 is still a very good game. A a very good game that was loved very much so when it first came out, then people started to turn on it a little, and I think maybe is now getting loved again. But the reason why 3 is so special to me is, one, it was the first Grand Theft Auto game that opened up that, threw you into this large 3d world instead of the overtop thing but i also personally think it has the best story still in the grand theft auto series i really loved the series and how it just really emphasized the whole mafioso thing and i love the radios uh, the radio stations in that one more than any other game i mean Chatterbox alone makes it the greatest Grand Theft Auto game because that is such an amazing station and Laszlo was fantastic on that. I know he returned four or four, maybe five two. I can't remember which ones he returned, but whatever he did in uh the following games, it never came close to Chatterbox. And I just I had so much fun. I remember getting the uh OPM, the official PlayStation magazine that had Uh, grand theft auto 3 on the cover and it was like i think it just showed claude um and like a, a maroon background and there was i don't know like a 12 page spread in there and i read that thing over and over and over and over again until the game came out i would just read it and look at the pictures and imagine myself playing it until i could finally get my hands on it and then when i got my hands on it it just consumed my life it was one of the few games that just when I first got it, I don't know how many... I don't know what... I I, I, th- I marathoned the hell out of it. I also marathoned the hell out of Grand Theft Auto 4. That was another one that I did that with, but it was just a, a magical experience back then. Next, number six, Pokemon Red and Blue. So i played a lot of Pokemon games, but the one that is always the closest to my heart is the original, because it is the game that introduced me to the magic that is pokemon and it's the game that convinced me to be like mom dad i want to i want a game boy and i ended up getting a game boy color the purple one and it was funny because i was around the age i was at the age where i i felt like i was too old for it i just looked at it and i'm like this is for kids i'm too old for this i'm not going to do anything with it i don't want anything to do with this stupid kids game with these monsters and garbage and then one of my classmates had the game he let me play it for a little bit and then i was like i i i need this i need this right now i'm, I'm gonna steal your game boy right now i where i i can't wait to get this and i had to wait because i think you know game boy is not a cheap uh thing so i ended up getting it at the next whether it was christmas or my birthday i can't remember what time i played it first maybe christmas i feel like but I just play that game forever and ever and ever and I then played the future games so much and it it became this life consuming thing and the, the one one of the few things I ever played on a, a handheld I think you know Pokemon and Castlevania or and Metroid are what made up the majority of my handheld gaming but mostly pokemon and then animal crossing when that came out but uh yeah pokemon red and blue are just amazing games now we're to the top five so number five is deus x deus x is a series i love and the first game is the one i love most just an honorable mention. Side note, Invisible War, the second one, is critic, uh, criminally underrated. It's a great game. Is it better than the first? No, and that's why people should like, oh, if it's not better than the first, then it's just garbage. No, that's not how it works. It's still a great game. It didn't, you know, up the ante or whatever, uh, but it was still a great, great game. And I really hope that hits original Xbox backward compatibility on Xbox One because I would love to replay that um, but Deus Ex was a game I wanted to play for so long and it wouldn't run on my PC for so long so I had to wait to play it and I, I think I ended up finally playing it when they ported it to PS2 and I believe Warren Spector said that is the definitive version of the game because they fixed some of the bugs and what have you and it I forget why or like there were reasons why he can he could not port that version to PC and I don't know if the PC version is now... You know, all fixed and whatnot. But, um... I just loved... The the fact that the game... Let you play the way you wanted to. And you really could. You know, you could be stealthy. You could be more action orientated. Um, you could talk your way out of things. And stuff like that. And I love... I love any game that gives me... Some kind of choice. And sure playing it one way or you know you hack things or you can break things you can you know brute force your way through things uh and i don't i just love that and i i love the world that Warren Spector created i and i i just was so engrossed by the story i i was really surprised by how great the story was and how great the characters were and how much it made me care about everything that was going on it was it was one of the most immersive stories and worlds I've ever experienced in a game, and you add on top of that the the whole choice side of it. It just it made it one hell of a engrossing experience overall, story-wise and gameplay-wise. Uh, and that's why it is my number five. Number four, Knights of the Old Republic. This game is on the list solely because the story is that incredible. I'm not a huge fan of the gameplay. I wasn't when I first played it. I'm still not. But the story and the characters are so great. And I am not a huge Star Wars fan. I really don't care about Star Wars. But when I played Knights of the Old Republic for the first time, and I played it fairly, uh, you know, not a, a while after it came out, years after it came out. But when I played it, I was blown away by the story and how it made me care about Star Wars. Not just the game and its story, but the universe as a whole. It made me fall in love with Star Wars so much that I convinced myself that maybe the prequels weren't that bad. And I went to Walmart after I beat the game and bought all three of them and rewatched them. And I was like, no, I was wrong. This, you know, KOTOR... It's an anomaly. It's its own special thing. It does not mean Star Wars universally is great now. That's not how it works. Kotor, amazing. Prequels, still shit. But it was one of. I just love the story and Bastila and the whole love story and playing the way I did where I was able to save her with the love that we had uh, formed over the course of the game. It was such a moving, touching thing when that happened. Uh, When she was turning and I was able to save her and because of that, um, I really loved it. And I I think the second one is a solid game. I I enjoyed it. It's not as good as the first, but I I do think KOTOR 2 is still a, a really good game. Number three, Metal Gear Solid. And this game is on the list because it's an amazing game. From an amazing franchise. My personal favorite video game franchise, without question. I adore all of the games except Metal Gear Solid 4 because Metal Gear Solid 4 is a piece of shit. It has a good start. The first two acts are solid, but I do think, even in the first two acts, uh, one of the weakest parts of, uh, among many things that are weak in Metal Gear Solid 4, are the boss battles. A series that is known for having great boss battles they were all shit they all felt the same there wasn't as much personality or uniqueness to the boss battles and i just i hated them so much and then there's quite a bit of pandering in it uh later on the third act is this awful one hour like fucking trail mission i just it is a bad game and I hate the fourth act. It's like, hey, remember this, remember this, remember this. I'll go to hell. Give me something else. You don't need to shove all this crap in my face. Uh, now, when it's clearly the, the only reason any of this is going on is so you can shove it in my face. And then it ends with a stupid fight. And then like an hour and a half cutscene. Get the hell out of here. Um, yeah. But um, Metal Gear Solid, for me, is really special because, one... Fantastic story. Really solid gameplay. You know, it's a bit hard to go back to it now because it's very limited and you know you you're not as free to uh move around and whatnot as you would like. And you could see how that would break how that breaks the game in Twin Snakes. And great voice acting, incredible boss fights, very memorable boss fights. Maybe the best in the series, but it's it's you know, three is Uh, A really strong contender for that. But the reason why Metal Gear Solid is so special to me is because it is the game that, for me, showed me games could be more than just, hey, this is a good time, this is a fun time. You know, I'm having fun with this, but it's not really that special or whatever. So it's like, okay, whatever. I'm playing Contra and I'm just shooting a bunch of shit. I'm blowing up a bunch of aliens. I'm playing Mario. I'm just... I'm moving and bopping around, jumping here, jumping there, you know, getting my little Tanuki hat and moving a little tail, uh, getting my fire flower, I'm going bloop bloop bloop, blah 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 blah, uh, you know, playing Kirby, sucking and blowing. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid showed me that no, video games can be more than that. They can tell amazing stories. They can. Have great voice acting. They can be cinematic. They can be experiences. And I don't know if I would have stuck with gaming. Uh, you know, Growing up. If I never experienced a game like that. Not to say I wouldn't have experienced a different game. That did that for me over Metal Gear. But Metal Gear Solid. Made me r- realize that. There were so many possibilities. Within video gaming. Uh, within gaming. And because of that. Uh, you know, it has to be high on my list. You N- know, not to mention that it's just a great game. And I adore the franchise. I could put I could easily have thrown Metal Gear Solid 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5 into this list as well. Maybe, you know, two. I mean like in my top twenty five, Metal Gear Solid Three, Five, Two, maybe Peace Walker as well are probably all on it. Because it is that special of a franchise for me. But moving on to number two. Number two is the elder scrolls 3 morrowind sure skyrim is better in many ways oblivion is not oblivion was bigger but it was very boring it was all it just felt so samey but what i love about morrowind is one it was the first one that i played in the franchise and it was i think the first time I really experienced a huge open world that just was so incredible, and it's so varied. That's one of the things I love about More one is that it, you know, the the areas and all and whatnot were so varied. Like you have your swamp area, like here here's your sandstorm, here's your colder area. You have great mods, and it was the first and only time I've ever gotten deep into the mod community. I created a bunch of villages and all that. I still remember the Havish mod which was just this incredible expansion that felt like something I should be paying for. They created a bank system where you could get interest on your money. I think they might have had like some strip clubs in there and they had quests and quest lines and it was like this it was just mind-blowing how big and well put together that mod was and it was just it was a mod. It wasn't something official from Bethesda. You know, I can't, I can't remember if it was just one person created it or a, t- a small team but regardless it was just like oh, I can't believe this was made but it was just for me I still think it's the game world that I love most and got most invested in and was just most engrossed by and Really, just is it's a it's a special game that really, I mean it it's I'm pretty sure it would be the game you'd look at and say this is the game that created the Bethesda we know and love today. If Morrowind didn't happen or if Morrowind failed, what would Bethesda be today? Who knows? Would they even still exist? I don't know. Uh, so it's a game that I think is. Fantastic, and I, I love the the intro where you're on the boat and you come out, and the way you create your character, and you have the constellation. Um, I felt I felt more of a connection to my character in that game than in the the future ones in Hollow. Not that they had bad intros or anything. I just I felt more invested in the game. I guess I don't know. Um, and then my number one is Bioshock. And Bioshock is my number one because I adore everything about it. Sure, the final boss fight at the end is not great, but I don't care about that. It doesn't taint the rest of the experience. The art and art direction is incredible. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous game. I love underwater anything anyway, but the whole art deco thing and the music, it just really struck a chord and was so striking. Uh, Beautiful to look at, beautiful to listen to the world that was created was so interesting and going around exploring this this not wasteland but this this thing that used to be a thriving bustling underwater uh, city and now is just you know the destroyed remains of something that was once so incredible uh, it was it was scary i still remember the time i was at a dentist office in the game and I was at the chair, or whatever, and I tried to back up, and I couldn't. And I'm like, well, did the game just freeze? I this is, I don't want to lose any progress. And I kept trying to back up, and then I was like, no way, I can, I can turn around, I can like look around. And then I turned around, and there was a splicer standing right behind me, and it freaked me out more than I've ever been freaked out in any game. It was, you know, it it did horror right for me. It's the kind of horror I like, where I don't feel helpless, but I still. Feel terrified at times and the story was so well told uh well told not well-towed and and you know the 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 twist was something that it when i was so immersed in the game and the world and everything i i was caught off guard i was really surprised i'm like wait what and it was it was super awesome when that happened but i what i love so much about the story is that for me the way i play games is i play them as a good person because i am a good person in real life i like to think i'm a good person so throughout the game saving the little sisters was a big thing for me and every time i saved one i felt so good inside and so over the course of the game when you get to that midpoint and you see all of them in the area with that doctor you know, I was like, oh, I've done, I did this, I've saved all of these girls. You know, there are more that I can save, but look at look at what I've done so far. And then when you get to the end, and you get that little cutscene, I was so happy. Like to me, that ending is perfect. I think it is a perfect ending. I know a lot of people shit on it because, like, I played all through this game and spent dozens of hours in it, and all I got was like a minute, minute and a half long cutscene. That was if I got the bad cutscene, sure maybe I'd be upset. But that good cutscene was so moving to me, and one it was all I needed because it showed me that after having played that game and beating it and doing all that, saving all those little girls, I managed to give them these lives that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And so you see them, you know, you know, this one's graduating, this one's doing this and that. And then on your deathbed, you have your hand out and, you know, a a bunch of little slender hands uh, grab onto parts of your hand. And you're like, I did that. I did that. I I saved these girls and gave them lives they wouldn't have otherwise had. Um, And I felt like I did so much. Even though all I did was play a game. And it's a game that has resonated with me so strongly ever since I first played it. And I really do want to go back to it because I love the game so much. But the, the funny thing is I, I went back to it pretty soon after and was I told myself I'm going to play this as a bad guy uh, to see what it's like. And I got to the point where you could meet the first little sister. And I turned her into a slug. And I felt so terrible after I did it. I just I felt so... I hated myself after I did that. So much so that I immediately turned off my Xbox, removed the disc, and I've never played Bioshock ever since. Because I felt so shitty with myself for having done that. I was like, I am such a terrible person for having done that. I can't... I have no right to ever play this game ever again but you know I'd really like to since you know it was made uh, you know it's still pretty on 360 but they did the Bioshock collection or whatever and I'd like to replay it and then go through Bioshock 2 which I never played because maybe I like that as well I was disappointed by Infinite for the record but um those are my top 10 video games of all time some quick honorable mentions Jade Empire is something that one hundred percent could be on the list. And the only reason it isn't is because I haven't played in a long time and I I did buy it for uh, original Xbox so I can play it on my Xbox One. I just need to I I need to get to a point where I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna pick this game and I'm gonna focus on it. And it's it's hard for me to do it these days. Especially since doing these podcasts and everything. I get games where it's like okay, you get this code and play it give your impressions whatever review it unless you know maybe i'm not feeling it and that takes up time and i have to give all of those time so it gets hard and then i always wonder even though i don't really care it's like uh will people care if i'm talking about old games or they still want to listen if i'm not home on anything current i don't i don't think my audience would care all that much um but i i love jade empire so much uh, and sometimes I think maybe I love it more than KOTOR because I really enjoy the gameplay as well. Uh, and I, I wish Bioware would have returned to that game and that franchise because I think it's a much more interesting setting that we don't see nearly as much as we see you know, fantasy and sci-fi settings. Uh, then Castlevania, Area of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow. I never know which one I really like more, but those two are my favorite Castlevania games. Kirby's Adventure... I adore Kirby and I love that game so much. It's my favorite NES game. And I love the art. I think that it still looks beautiful. I love all the mini games and playing the mini games with my father. He's a big fan of it as well. It's just I love Kirby and that's my favorite Kirby game. Uh, Contra. Contra is a game that I played so much of with my brother and had a blast. We did the 20 lives thing and played through the entire game and it was awesome. You know, it's it's kind of one of the reasons why it's hard for me to put on the list now is because I have no relationship with my brother anymore. So it's kind of depressing thinking about thinking about Contra. It's just like, oh, this is the game that I, I love in large part because I got to play so much of it. I, I played it so often with my brother, and now me and my brother are nothing. So it's a it's a depress. It's like it's a bittersweet. Love I have for the game, and then Alan Wake is Alan Wake almost made it uh, because I mean one it's beautiful the the atmosphere is fantastic the story is great it I really love the gameplay and the I think some people were a bit taken aback and and annoyed by how action heavy it was but I really had a blast with it and I still think it's one of the most beautiful nighttime settings in games in the, in the same way that sea of thieves does water so well i think still to this day alan wake does night almost better than any other game if not better still better than any other game it, it looks incredible and when i booted it up on my xbox one x i don't think it's enhanced but when i booted it up it's still it's like holy crap this game looks amazing it's just it's, uh, I, I really want to go back and replay that um also, I didn't write this down, but like Max Payne is something that could easily be up there because I, I love it. I mean, I love Remedy in general. I think Remedy has yet to do anything terrible. I think Quantum Break was a little disappointing, but it's still really, really fun I, it, in part because the ending was so poorly made. It was, a, it was a terrible ending, but it's a really solid game. I think the the TV bits were interesting at first, but they did kind of just drag on and were like, oh. I have to watch this because it's part of the story, but you know, I don't want to anymore. And then the last one that is getting an honorable mention, and it's, it needs more time to bake in the oven before I can put it on a top 10 list. But Into the Breach, man, I don't know how a game could top it this year. I need to play Celeste. I, I've been told. I mean, I know a lot of people love Celeste, and there are people who you know have put it in their top. You know, that it's already one of their favorites of all time, and I, I, I really trust the opinion of one of my fellow Player One podcast uh, Discord users. Uh, I don't know why I don't feel like I mentioned his name, but I'm not going to. <laughs> whatever, but um, I trust his opinion highly even though you know I I'm I'm still new to that discord and you know I am I haven't been in there I've been listening to the podcast for whatever over 10 years but I haven't been part of the discord or the community for that long cuz I just I'm I'm not usually one to join community things or I stick with one um and you know I was at GameSpot and then Giant Bomb and all games interactive very early on Uh, so just never ended up joining that but um into the breach is a fantastic fantastic strategy game and i've put um, so many hours into it this year already and i have started going back to it again and i still even when i'm not playing about playing it i haven't played it really heavily in months but i still think about it all the time and i just like oh oh remember that and it's just it's a game that i think I like i'm just kind of waiting and hoping it comes out on other platforms especially the switch like if i could just take that with me wherever i go i would be in heaven so that's my hope i'm hoping it comes out on other platforms I, it's a game that i will 100% buy on every single platform i will even buy it on ps4 if it comes out on ps4 xbox one and switch yes switch so i have the portable version yes xbox because that is my preferred platform and then sure, why not PS4? Just so I can give them a little bit more money. Um but um yeah, into the breach is amazing. If you haven't already played it, play it. It's it's great. And I'm my mouth is getting incredibly dry and I really need to end this. So I'm gonna do just that. Once again, I'm your host. I hope you enjoyed before I get on that, I hope you enjoyed this five hundredth episode that it's not that special, but I had nothing to talk about. I just like, oh, I'm going to do my top 10, whatever. Uh, Which I think went well, other than when I was talking about Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And I'm like, how can I talk? How can I not sound racist? And I don't think I did a good job. (laughs) But whatever. I'm not racist. I swear. (sighs) But yeah, this is your not racist host. Once again, my Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Monomalous, my my Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I am The Cush 3. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal podcast, which are both available on. Podcast services across the globe like Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. And if you'd like to check out the art I do, which, if you're watching the video of this podcast, you can see in the background the colorful pieces of nonsense, those are mine. And you can see them all over at pxsart.com. And if you see a piece you like, and there's a little link under it, you can click that link and get a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy supporting the site and everything we do like the podcast like the art like these videos what have you you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away so yeah and there's also a, a donate button on the site proper that you can just do a paypal thing if you don't do patreon um but yeah Happy 500 episodes. Here's to 500 more. God almighty. I don't I don't even I can't imagine that. But we'll see how everything goes. And now it's time for me to go, and so I will go and say